A really interesting list got put up on the Paul Feinbaum show of the most anticipated or the biggest SEC games coming up this football season, and Arkansas was listed in one of them, but why I feel like it's the wrong game. We'll talk about that as well as hedge into the weekend of Razorback Sports. This is the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Hope everybody's having a Wonderful Friday. We finally made it to this point. We don't have to, you know, have to worry about uh, what the work week's going to be like. You got to this point to where the weekend, hopefully going to be a good one for you. And honestly, four weeks, roughly. So 29 days from today. So tomorrow, 28 days, four weeks from Razorback football actually getting started up. It's can't come fast enough. So all of the stuff that we've been discussing on the podcast and probably will up until this point or at least up until that point, will be about previewing the season, predictions, stuff like that, and really diving into it. But there are always things that pop up that make me think and make me uh, you know, wonder about the connection that it could have with Arkansas, at least the discussion point it could have for Arkansas. And it was kind of the same thing that happened yesterday with a tweet that Paul Feinbaum put out, which say what you want about to Paul Feinbaum. He has a... He has his own uh, things going on there, but I don't mind him, but he sometimes can have some really interesting stuff, especially when he has some guests on and they talk about some of the things coming up in the SEC and all of that. And one of the things that he put up as far as a graphic goes, he had Bill Bender on his show who uh, writes for the Sporting News, and they were putting together a list of the biggest SEC game of the 2022 season. They gave a top five list of the biggest SEC games uh, in this upcoming season. And the number one game is Texas A&M at Alabama. I believe that that game, without a doubt, is listed mainly due to the beef that Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher were having before the season started. That's the number one. The number two is Tennessee at Georgia. The number three is Arkansas versus Texas A&M down in Arlington. Number four is Florida versus Georgia. And number five is Alabama at Ole Miss. So I see this list and I immediately start laughing about it because I like AM is going to get blasted by Alabama at home. That's not even a question. They're going to get smoked by Alabama. George is going to smoke Tennessee at home. Like that's not a question. They're going to smoke Tennessee. George is going to smoke Florida. And Alabama at Ole Miss, get out of here. Oh, Alabama is going to destroy Ole Miss. Alabama is better than what they were last year. Ole Miss is going to be worse than what they were last year. And last year, Alabama still smoked them. So this idea that like these other four games are going to be big games in the SEC, stop. Stop. I would make the argument that the only games that you could uh, maybe say that could like Florida, Georgia, just because Billy Napier could really get it going at Florida and maybe be a really good like because he's done a great job down there. Like that would only be the only one of this list that I would say 
okay, that has potential to possibly not be a, a blowout. But Tennessee's not winning at Georgia. It's just not happening. It's not happening. So Arkansas and Texas A&M being on this list, though, at number three, I found very intriguing because we know that this game, every time it's played down in Arlington, is going to be a game that uh, is always big for both teams. It's earlier in the season. It's a neutral site game, Dallas Cowboys Stadium. A&M has owned Arkansas for the most part over that 10-year span, but also over that 10-year span, what was the uh, what was the difference, or at least what was the biggest uh, variable in that whole rest, uh, formula? Well, it was that Arkansas had bad coaches. They had John L. Smith. You know, they had um, Brett Bielema. Then they had Chad Morris and Sam Pittman. Honestly, in the COVID year, going down to A and M, they only lost by eleven. I think it was forty two thirty one. So, and that was A and M's like best team they've ever had, <laughs> and. Arkansas still did not, I mean, they had a pretty good showing. Then, of course, they beat them last year. So that game is always going to be interesting, and that's actually why, folks, I know we'll do our final predictions once it comes around, but that's why I feel like Arkansas is actually going to do just fine in this A&M game because it, for some reason it's always in Arlington. When it, whenever it is in Arlington, it's always a crazy game, and I think it's going to be the same way this year. A&M does not play well down there. Arkansas usually plays a little bit better. The only problem was in previous years, Arkansas would choke it away. But you don't have that in a coach now. You have Sam Pittman, and I think that it's going to be uh, intriguing for both teams because if Arkansas wins that game, there's a really good chance they're undefeated going into the Alabama game. And who, buddy, it's going to be a lit night in Fayetteville. But I'm getting ahead of myself. The point is, is that that game, I can understand why it's considered to be one of the biggest games of the SEC because it'll almost be like who's going to finish second in the SEC West. That early bout between Arkansas and A&M, more than likely will decide who finishes second in the SEC West behind Alabama. That's that's what I believe. So I get that. But here's my thing. Call it bias. Call it Razorback rose-tinted glasses. Call it whatever. Me being a homer, I don't care. I'm just telling you right now, though. The Arkansas-Alabama game in Fayetteville is going to be a bigger game and a better game than the A&M-Bama game and the Alabama-Ole Miss game. A hundred percent. I'm like, we can mark the tape, mark my words, however you want to put it. It'll be a better game in Fayetteville between Arkansas and Alabama than when AM goes to Alabama because AM is going to get smoked. They're going to get curb stomped. Nick Saban is not going to lose that game to Jimbo Fisher. In fact, he's going to make a point. You, when you give Nick Saban bulletin board material, when you piss him off, when you rock the boat, he's going to make you pay for it. He always has, and he always will. And this year's not going to be any different. He's going to smoke AM, and it's not even going to be close. Especially if he's coming off of a loss against Arkansas, but it's neither here nor there. Uh, but on the other side of it, too, like Alabama and Ole Miss, this is the stupidest thing. Like, again, it goes back to what I talked about during the SEC media days. Everyone has an obsession with Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, and they had a great year last year. But the this idea that they're just going to be some, a program that is built upon what happened last year. I'm like, you're going to see exactly how, how, how much they're, how like without having Matt Corral, without having these coordinators, losing all those players, you're going to see exactly how this goes. I say that this Ole Miss team reverts back to what we saw maybe in 2020, where their defense is trash, their offense is pretty good, that'll help them win some games. 
but they're going to have to win games like 52 to 51, similar to what we saw this past year against Arkansas. Like they're going to have to do that. Their defense is going to be in a lot of trouble. So the idea, though, that Alabama is going to go into Ole Miss, into Oxford late November and lose, or it possibly even be a good game, is just it's just funny to me. It's humorous. Like, Lane Kiffin's been at Ole Miss for two seasons now, and neither time against Alabama has the game really been close. Like, he's, he's gotten his butt handed to him every single time. At least with the Arkansas game last year, Arkansas gave Alabama everything they wanted on the road. I mean, you're talking about a seven-point loss on the road in Tuscaloosa, scoring 35 points on the road in Tuscaloosa. Like, that was a, that was a pretty good showing, and I think that there's going to be another good showing for Arkansas against Alabama this year, too. But I just saw this list. And again, I get the A&M Arkansas angle. Like, I totally understand that. And I would even say that, you know, if you told me, like, what game do you think will be the most, like, entertaining or perhaps the most uh, important game for Arkansas and for A&M, I would say that's that one. Because A&M's, like, the fact that these Aggie fans think that they're just going to, this is their year and their great recruiting class is coming together. Okay, great. You do have a great recruiting class. That's awesome. But you had a great, you've had great recruiting classes for the past 10 years. And Jimbo Fisher has had great recruiting classes every year. And in his COVID year, they went nine and one. That was, that was a good, really good year. Really good year. But you've still yet to get the quarterback situation figured out. They remind me almost like LSU, like back in the Les Miles days, where they were always really like they, but except they're LSU light. They're worse than what LSU was because at least LSU, they still won double digit games pretty much every single year without elite quarterback play. A&M has only done, has really, I mean, since Jimbo Fisher's there, they haven't won double-digit games. They haven't gotten to that point just yet. And the idea that everyone just thinks that Jimbo's going to get it done there and, he, and he's recruited at a high level, yes, he has, and that's awesome, and that's what you need to do to be a national championship contending team. But there's nothing about A&M that, that just makes me shake in my boots. There's nothing about A&M that scares me, and I don't think that's going to be the same thing for Alabama. I bet you A&M goes 8-4 again this year, like, they lose to Bama. I think they'll lose to Arkansas. Uh, there's going to be some other games that could be, you know, pretty fascinating, like maybe the LSU game, rivalry week. We always know that that's a that's a crazy one to deal with too. Uh, I mean, they got to go to South Carolina, which I'm not saying South Carolina is a great team because Arkansas plays them this year, but still, you know, those are games that you could end up losing. So I don't know. I just I don't believe in that. But I do believe though that the Arkansas Alabama game. Okay, I'm going to really go out on a limb here. This is just me spitballing here. I'm going to go really out and get crazy with it. The Arkansas-Alabama game this year is going to be the biggest test for Alabama in the regular season. It'll be the toughest game Alabama plays this year. It's on the road. It's earlier in the year. Arkansas it does... I mean, they had they have a, a dual threat quarterback in KJ Jefferson, which we know Alabama has. Uh, if you're going to beat them a lot of times, that you got to be able to have somebody electric at the quarterback position. Uh, I mean, all these things into into place. I just believe that it's that it's going to be the toughest game for Alabama. I guess we'll see. You know, we'll have to wait. But I'm just I can't wait for the season to get started for one. And I know we're not trying to put the cart before the horse. But if you tell me that Arkansas is 4-0 heading in to that Alabama game in Fayetteville on October 1st, my birthday weekend, which would be even cooler. Oh, also Rowdy's birthday, of course. 
Um, but if you're telling me that they go into that game undefeated, and Alabama's undefeated, and Arkansas more than likely is a top 10, borderline top five team, and we know Alabama more than likely, actually, no, they will be the number one team in the country. Ooh, buddy. Yeah. Oh, my nipples were any harder. My clothes would explode. So anyways, I got to stop talking about that. going to get all hot and bothered over here. Anyways, got to tell you about betonline.net. Great segue. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all and check in all on your betting needs when it comes to sports. Find all your favorite sports and events with the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to the on- BetOnline today to use your mobile device and learn more about the action happening today over at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so continuing on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, uh, we, we, you know, we're obviously talking a lot of football, but I had something that happened or something that was tweeted that really got me going down a trip down memory lane and maybe not for uh, the best of reasons. But that SEC podcast tweeted out, which is of Michael Bratton, who's come on this show before and on this podcast. Uh, does a really good job over there. They're doing a little countdown, just like many people are, of the football season in 29 days, 28 days, and they put out little videos of cool games and whatnot. Well, this morning, with 29 days until the first SEC Saturday, they put out a video of the 2015 Arkansas and Mississippi State game in Fayetteville, where both teams combined for 101 points and 1,200 yards in 2015, and it came down to the 29-yard field goal attempt where Arkansas got the field goal blocked. Uh, ben Quez Brown from Mississippi State made the play of the game, blocking the kick to win. Uh, Arkansas just got their taint handed to them and blowing up the offensive line. They didn't block anybody, and uh, Arkansas ended up losing that game, one I remember uh, a lot about. 2015 was the year, and again, I know we're talking about this upcoming year, but that was the last time that Arkansas had a winning season in SEC play. They went 5-3. and three. And the craziest part about that is the three games they lost, one of them was this game, where they make a field goal, they win the game. The other one was to Texas A&M, of course, in overtime, which they should have won that game as well. And then the other one was on the road to Alabama, where they ended up losing by, I think it was 27-14 was the final. Still a very cl- fairly close game by Alabama standards. But... Arkansas should have gone seven and one in conference play that year. Now that was also the years they lost at Toledo and Texas Tech. But that's, you know, Brett Bielema for you. Anyways, it just started to make me think back to that year and how it was truly the woulda, coulda, shoulda year. You see those happen in college football all the time, especially if you're a Razorback fan. There's seasons in all sports where you look back and say, oh, if this would have happened, if that would have happened, something would have changed, you know, w- what it could have been. But I will always look back on that season with almost a hindsight of understanding why Brett Bielma was not the guy. Like that team was littered with talent. In fact, I've made this argument before that the first three years of Brett Bielma's tenure at Arkansas, they were loaded with NFL talent. Uh, A lot of it was Petrino's players. 
and a few of it was Burt's. But, I mean, you think about just some of the guys and reeling off some of the names on those teams, like offense especially. Like 2014, get, like this is what's stupid. 2014 is always the year because you had Brandon Allen, who's an NFL quarterback still. Say what you want about him. The dude's in the NFL. NFL quarterback. You had Alex Collins and Jonathan Williams. Both played in the NFL. Significant snaps, significant plays in the NFL. You had an offensive line with Denver Kirkland and Dan Skipper uh, and Sebastian Tretola, guys that played in the NFL. I think Ragnow may have been a freshman or was that 2015? I think that was 2015. or I don't know, but either way. Uh, you had a great offensive line in front of you. You had, you had Keon Hatcher. You had Hunter Henry. You had Jeremy Sprinkle. You had A.J. Derby. Like Your three tight ends all played in the NFL. That was just on the offense. I don't like it, the defense. You got Trey Flowers. You got Darius Filon, two guys that are playing in the NFL. Martrell Spate, who was an incredible linebacker, All-American. You had him. Tevin Mitchell, who played in the NFL. You had him. Um, i trying to think of some, like the other guys. I think Dietrich Wise was on that team, a guy that's also in the NFL. I think he was young, probably a freshman, but still, he was on the team. My point is, is like when I go back and look at these things, I'm like, how? How in the world did Arkansas, with that much NFL talent, not ever have a better season than seven and five. Well, I think we all know the answer is Brett Bielema. Brett Bielema was your coach. And we know how it went, and, and we know what Chad, like, I'm not trying to bring all this up to be negative or to just bring up uh, bad memories. I, I'm bringing this up because I'm bringing it to the present and what it looks like with Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman and his staff, if they have and ever do have that type of NFL talent on their team, it's never going to be a squandered year. It's never going to be a year that is looked upon as, well, man, that should have been better. Because he is going to take the talent and be great because of it. If Sam Pittman and his staff have NFL talent at multiple positions on the team, they are going to be great like they are going to be one of the best teams in the sec they're going to actually do something with it because this year i'm looking at who could be for sure nfl talent i mean ricky stromberg's an nfl guy i think kj jefferson's an nfl guy um we'll see about like you know can drew sanders maybe get to the next level can like Jalen catalan for sure i think will be um you know just kind of going through a list but there's not like bona fide guys that you can just sit here and say, oh, for sure, these guys are going to the NFL. They could. And development maybe puts them in that position. But my point is, is that Sam Pittman was able to do that and has been able to do that so far at Arkansas with guys that haven't, or at least not the same amount of guys that Arkansas has had previously that made to the NFL. You give Sam Pittman the talent, you give Sam Pittman the years to develop that talent, you're going to give Sam Pittman the opportunity to make Arkansas a great program year in and year out. And that's why I feel like this upcoming season, you have better players at certain positions, NFL caliber players at certain positions. That's going to be the type of stuff that gets you to that next level. So I believe this is going to be, I won't say make or break here, but it's going to be a year that really puts Arkansas forward because they have a lot more talent. And also, I don't have, I'm not going to look back on this year and say, oh, well, woulda, coulda, shoulda. It's not going to be that. This is going to be a great year, and I'm excited to get started. We'll close up shop and get you ready for the weekend on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast coming up next. 
You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so uh, we know Razorback basketball is going to be doing their trip overseas, and it's going to be taking place next week on Tuesday and on Thursday and on Saturday. Like, they got a few games, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the teams that they're going to try to play. But, you know, before we've never had an, uh, an ability to check out this, uh, this, these events. Like, it's always been something you just have to hear about or gets written about. But even like media members wouldn't go over there. Like I don't know any Arkansas media members that are going to uh, over there to Barcelona or wherever they're going. So it's cool, though, that this year the change is that we actually get a chance to watch it on Flow Sports. Okay, Flow Sports. If th- those of you who don't know Flow Sports, this was where if you were a Razorback baseball fan, you watched it. It's like 30 bucks for a month. You can cancel it at any time. But the broadcast is going to be remotely done with Z, Coach Z and Brett Dolan. So I'm just thankful we get to at least watch it. But every time I feel like I've watched games on Flow Sports, I feel like I was watching uh, it through the lens of a potato. Like the the broadcasting and the production of it was about as low budget and as about as terrible as you could possibly imagine. But I can't complain. I won't complain because we get to watch it. But I'm I guess I'm going to go in and and buy that and, and buy that month. So I think it'll be exciting. I think it'll be fun to talk about, especially next week. The games are going to be in the middle of the day, roughly around noon, 1 o'clock Central Time, just kind of uh, depending on how the games go and the, and the flow of them, too. I'll be actually doing my radio show uh, during some of those games, so I'll try to give everybody updates via the radio show and talking about them, maybe do a little play-by-play on my own. But uh, I am I think this is going to be a really good benefit to the team. Uh, I don't know if Nick Smith is going to play because, as um, Eric Musselman revealed yesterday, uh, he's got some tape on his index finger. And so they don't want to try to push that too much. So um, if he doesn't play, that's not the end of the world. It'd be cool to see everybody play because you can finally get to see them all uh, in one little place. But uh, I just want to see how the, the flow of everything goes, you know, the athleticism of some of these players, maybe how the shooting's going to be, like all those things mixed in together. I want to see that. I, I don't care. Like even if Arkansas, like, you know, doesn't shoot really well, you can't take anything from that and say, well, this is why the team's going to suck. This is why the team's going to be great. It's the same thing with like exhibition football. You know, you had the Hall of Fame game last night. Is anybody taking what happened last night and saying, well, this is why the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to go to the playoffs? Like, no, you can't. It's going to be the same thing overseas in that in that uh, event. So I'm just excited to see how they all play out and how they all look and, and everything. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. And I know that uh Mus is really excited about it too they have a lot of great games like going overseas there they're going to europe and then they get to go to hawaii later this year and then they have of course all the trips in the sec that they get to go to and once the ncaa tournament comes around when they get that one seed uh hopefully they get the uh the benefit of the travel where it's a little bit closer for razorback fans to go to those games at least more so than last year so anyways i can't wait football's here but basketball's here it's going to be a really fun end to the year for Razorback sports. I can tell you that right now. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever podcasts are found. You can also get after me on Twitter at Buzz John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Next Monday, have a great weekend, everybody. We will see you then.